Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. Yeah, belch number one. Yeah, sorry. It's all good. Usually we hold our belches to at least after we say each other's names. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we do it before we say happy recording day. Happy recording day. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. This time we haven't recorded back to back, so we actually can catch up here for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, What's going on, man? What's the word? Um, well, I've had a death in the family since the last time we uh, recorded. My aunt died. That sucked. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear, man. Yeah, thanks. were you like close to her? I know that's kind of a dumb question, but for some people it's not. Yeah, I guess I suppose that it would be relevant for uh, some people, but I have a pretty close-knit family. And so, um, yeah, I would say that I was relatively close to her. Um, Obviously closer to her kids, my cousins, uh, but... um, yeah, dude, she had a long battle, 10 months of a battle, almost a full year. She had, she retired, she traveled a little bit. She was a principal at a school on my dad's side. The uh, the predominant um, occupation is teaching. My, my grandmother was a teacher. My dad went to Ferris State for math. He was going to be a teacher. My uncle, there was 10 kids, 8 girls, 2 boys, and... Uh, my uncle went to school for teaching and it was his wife. Actually, my uncle went to school for journalism and uh, he's a professional entertainer. He is the entertainer of the family and his wife, my aunt Pat, she's the one that passed. So, um, so it's been a pretty solemn week, you know, to say the least, but yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah. But, you know, at the point of this recording, last night I spent time with my cousins and uh, got a chance to just sit down with them and hang out at their house and, you know, have a couple drinks and just chill out and just let them vent, let them, you know, air out their their feelings or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was good. You know, and I spent a little bit of time with my dad and spent some time with my uncle. Um, Everybody's kind of busted up about it because she was such a good lady and such a good woman, educator. She loved kids. She loved her family. 
and it showed in everything that she did, you know. So that was, uh, you know, it is what it is. So now she's uh, finally at peace after uh, several strokes and after uh, several times of flatlining and, you know, they didn't have a do not resuscitate order on her because, uh, you know, everybody was believing God that she would be healed and that she would live. And it turned out that that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those deals, dude. You know, when you think that when you believe that God's going to heal and then he doesn't, there's a couple ways to think about it. You can say, well, God failed. That could be one thought. Or you can choose to think or believe that God really did heal and the ultimate healing was death, the end of her suffering. You know? So, I don't know. You know, when you're grieving, you kind of bounce back and forth between the two. Like, it's two different ways to think about it. Um, And one is not better than the other. It just is what it is, you know. As many times as we say that as a cliche, it is what it is. Um, there's a lot of truth in it. So For sure. From my perspective, at least. <laughs> I know everybody doesn't think it's the same, you know. But Well, I tend, I, I tend to think the same. Yeah. It's not easy, bro. And, you know, it was kind of difficult sitting there with my cousins and, you know, and I, and I just straight up, you know, just, I talked to him and I said, look, I really, excuse me, I really don't know what to say, but I love you and it sucks and I'm sorry, but that's just where we're at. That's all I can say. Yeah. So, and you kind of get, just got to, I don't know. I, I For me, it's like, you know, um, for me, uh, when it comes down to death, you don't necessarily have to have anything profound or, you know, heavy to say. You can just, my cousin coined this phrase. I never had never heard it before. Uh, before her saying it. But she said, you know, there's just something to be said about the ministry of presence. Just being present with the people that are hurting is ministry all in itself. Even if you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. Just being there for them on the off chance that they want to cry and lean on your shoulder, you're there. If they want to laugh, you're there. If they want to drink, you're there. If they want to smoke, you're there. Whatever they want to do, you're there. And sometimes that means more than having the right thing to say. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's never easy, man. Whether you know it's coming or you don't. And, you know, that might sound assholey of me, but. 
it's just I think it's true, man. It's always tough, you know. It always sucks. And I don't know, man. I think you could just you need to allow time to mourn and go through that process, you know? And uh yeah. I don't want to say things will get better, but life goes on and you learn how to do life without, you know, whoever it was in your life. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're absolutely It's just right. shitty, man. And like, mm-hmm. you know, for for other friends and stuff, you know, like when you text me out, I'm like my heart kind of sank a little cuz I'm like, oh shit, man, like I'm sitting mm-hmm. here talking, "Hey, you want to record?" like, look at this dick picture. It's so funny." <laughs> or, or whatever, you know, and you're just like, "Nah, man, like here's what happened." I'm like, "Oh, shit." Yeah. And I knew <laughs> we weren't sending dick pics. I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> but I was just dick pics you know, for later. <laughs> being goofy or whatever. And, you know, this leveling yeah. thing has happened. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. And I literally was just like, I know there's nothing I can say and there's nothing I can do, but I'm here for you, man. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. Our hearts, you know, Brooke and I, our hearts go out with you and whatever that saying's supposed to mean and you know, we are here for you. We we feel for you guys and the family members and Yeah. It just sucks, man. Well, I appreciate it because you know it was around this time last year that I lost my cousin who mm-hmm you know, kind of grew up like a brother to us, you know, he spent the night at our house many weekends, you know, hanging out with, he was closer to my sister than he was to me, but I mean, I still loved him, he was still my cousin, you know, and yeah, you know, he was about my sister's age, maybe a year younger, so younger than me, and it just sucks, dude, to, to lose two family members within a year of each other it freaking sucks dude so like it was like feeling the fact that my aunt just died and just like two weeks ago or a week ago i'm looking over facebook and it's like the one year anniversary of my cousin dying and it was like dude come on bro just stop it with the death please yeah you know it's just it's one of those things, man. It just, but it's a part of life, right? It happens, and you gotta be able to roll with the punches the best you can. And and like we've talked about before, you know, allowing yourself to feel the pain, allowing yourself to feel the loss and the grief and the anger or resentment or whatever it is that you feel over it. It's important to just let yourself feel it. So, um. You know, so like yesterday, you know, I'm sitting at work and I'm like, you know, I, I got to get off work. I got to go, got to call my dad. My mom's out of town at the point of this recording. My mom is out of town and, um, you know, my dad's disabled. So he needs anything. I got to go pick him up, take him grocery shop and take him to a doctor's appointment. Whatever it is that he needs, I need to take him. So I called him yesterday and I'm like, Hey dad, how's it going? You know, do you want to go see Uncle Joe? 
You want to go see family? You want to go see grandma? Like, who do you want to go see? I'll take you wherever you want to go. And he was all busted up, you know, and he just couldn't like, he was like, nah, I'm a, I'm a little too far gone. I need to just go to bed. And it was like, ah, fuck, you know, he's feeling it. And then that gave me a reality check. I started feeling it. It was like that contagious thing, right? You know, it was like one person started crying and another per- the next person starts crying. And, yeah. and all of a sudden everybody's crying and everybody's feeling it and, you know, going through their, their emotions. And, you know, it's a very healthy thing to be able to do, you know. So It's kind of a little uncanny that our last episode was about being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not reading into that. I'm just, I think it's kind of interesting. Well, yeah, but you know what? But that's a testament to our relationship, right? So, like, I've got no problem. Like, for me right now, I'm not necessarily talking to the masses that are listening to this episode. I'm talking to you, my friend, saying, yeah, I'm feeling it. Yeah. You know, and I I don't mind being honest with you. Or with my wife or, you know, my closest friends, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't mind being honest. And so I'll be honest. And uh, if it translates to somebody that's listening and they hear it and they might be going through something, then more power to them. And if somebody else is listening like, yeah, this shit's too heavy for me. I'm going to turn it off. Then that's fine, too. You know, but, you know, it, it just is what it is. You you got to feel what you feel and, and go through what you go through and come out on the other side a little bit stronger hopefully so my thing was I'm looking at my cousins you know the girl she's a year older than me and then the boy he's 57 37 no she's She's yeah yeah she's 37 well 57 shut up that was a joke but you totally (laughs) I missed it She'll be 38 and I'll be 37 this year. And then her brother, her her little brother, it's going to be like 35, I think, or 36. So, you know, it's like I'm looking at them like, you know, my sister is two years younger than me. And if we lost our mom, dude, I just I wouldn't be able to handle it. it there's just no words to describe. Yeah. You know, losing your mom in your 30s, dude, that sucks. My mom lost her mom when she was like 18. No, 21, 22. Let's see. My grandmother died when I was five. I was born in 82, so it was 87. My mom was 23 when she lost her mom. Hmm. So, like, my mom lost her mom at 23. My cousins are sitting here losing their mom in their 30s. And I'm like, shit, man, I, I wouldn't be able to handle it, dude. It'd be like a month of not recording, bro. Yeah. You know? I can't even. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. And I don't want to. And honestly, we don't, you know, it's something I was just thinking about. I don't know if I'm cutting you off or not. but No, like, go ahead. Because, <clears throat> so, Brooke just lost um, a family member. And I believe it was an uncle and, um, I didn't know him. I mean, he came to our wedding. I'm pretty sure. Although our wedding was a blur and not because I was drinking just because 
for me, everyone was new. <laughs> you know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Of course. And uh, for for our story. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, like, I, we went to the wake and the funeral and, you know, and um, every time I look down at someone in a casket, it's just, it's this weird, surreal thing. You know what I mean? That you can only really understand if you've done it. And I remember the first time for me was when my great grandmother died. And uh, I was there when she passed. And then obviously the funeral and all that. And it was just so freaking weird, dude. Like looking down in this like casket at this person that you love, like know and love and have these memories of. And it's like. I can remember how her house smelled and I remember like going over there and, you know, playing outside of in the backyard and they, I, I don't know, like, and you're, all this stuff floods through your head as you're looking at this, it's going to sound crude, but it, it is what it is. Like this corpse, like this lifeless, soulless bag of bones, quite literally. And it's, to me, it's just like, Man, when the scripture says, like, you return back to the dust, like, that's what is literally happening, and it's so fucking crazy, you know? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I don't know if, like, maybe I'm just weird, but, like, looking down at that person, you're like, you almost expect them to just be like, (gasps) and take a breath, and it's like, oh, shit, you had us all fucking going, get the get out of that box. <laughs> you know, it's like, they're just going to come back to life or something. Yeah. But you also know, like, that's not real, but it's no, like, it's how are, how am I looking at you and you're not breathing? Like, how are you sleeping? Why are you not breathing? Like it's, I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. weird, but it fucks me up, dude. In a way that like, it's just, it's crazy, you know? And it's heavy and it's depressing, but it's always made me think like, man, you really never know when you're going to die. And I know people always say like, Oh, live today. Like it's your last, but that's, I mean, that's really not realistic. You know what I mean? It's cliche, but I think some of it's not that cliche. I just think, you know, at funerals and times like that, like we are really thinking like, man, life is so short and so fragile and like, we never know. Uh, And sometimes we do know, sometimes we know like, Hey, the doctor said you got three weeks. So do what you can do in three weeks. Sorry. It's going to happen. Like sometimes that's a thing for me. It's never been. So I'm just speaking out of my experience, but I, I don't know, man, like the whole reflection time, inside the morning to me is like i i just you know it can paralyze you man <laughs> yeah yeah the 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 most common feeling i would argue is just numbness it's like uh like that first stage of grief like denial yeah you know and i can't believe that this has happened but it has happened and the fact is is that at some point you got to embrace it. You got to feel it and you got to, you know, process it. Like, yeah, this is shitty. It hurts. So, uh, 
but you know at, at the end of the day you got to feel some peace in the fact that the person that has passed is at rest you know and and so i mean my aunt was in bad shape dude she flatlined four times and they kept bringing her back and um the other day the day of her death uh my uncle finally signed a dnr do not resuscitate and um that was after she had flatlined that morning and um at least this is the way the story was recounted to me um and then you know all the family got called in and whatever and my cousin told me that it was like 40 people there in the room you know over a course of a few hours um and then like she took her last breath that was it she flatlined again and it was like dude like almost a year of struggling to live and uh, you know think about being laying in a nasty ass uncomfortable hospital bed for almost a year you get bed sores you know you get cysts on your back and stuff like that and yeah um then you know the doctors or nurses try to take care of that you know getting you up to to you know bathe you and wash you and take care of you and stuff like that and it's it's rough man to see a person live like that it's not a quality of life you know situation so you know they made the def the difficult call and boom she's out of here just like that it's like okay finally got a dnr i can go ahead and rest finally and and go on and so that's what she did so you know my when i saw my uncle I said, hey, look, all I can say is I love you and I'm sorry. It sucks. You know, like almost 40, you know, 40 years of marriage. You uh, you're now about to bury your wife. I don't know what that's like. Um, Three kids. It's like, OK, all I can say is I love you. And I'm hugging him. He's hugging me. He's holding on tight. He's you know, breaking down. And I said, Oh, I got one more thing to say. I said, Aunt, I tell you this, you made the right decision. Hey, yeah. In my opinion, and it might mean nothing, but my opinion is you made the right decision. You decided to let her go and let her be at rest. And, uh, and now everybody can start moving on, you know, in time. So, you know, he said thank you, and that was it. And I'm all freaking busted up on my gut. My gut's all twisted, dude. I had a hard time sleeping. It was just like, man, this is rough. But sometimes you just got to let go, you know, and that's what he did. And so I just wanted to reinforce my opinion that he made the right decision, you know. So it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. So, moving on. It's a new day. It is. It's a new day. And by the time this podcast comes out, we've 
I think we've pretty much already had the funeral, so uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. You feel what you feel and you keep it moving. That's what you got to do. For the living, you just got to keep on living. So. Yep. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, exactly. Hey, on Church Podcast listeners, this is Michael on behalf of Sean and Pura Vita Bracelets. Hey, you've heard us talk about this company many times on the podcast. Not only do they make pretty cool bracelets, but they do a lot of good in the island communities. They started off in Costa Rica, they're in India, they're all over the world actually. And they're helping out a bunch of artisans that are these creators that are making these bracelets and really impacting uh, their community. Not only that, they give back to so many different charities. In fact, to date, they've donated over $1.75 million to a bunch of different charities all over the world. Hey, if you want to look good with some flashy bracelets and do some good at the same time, check out PuraVitaBracelets.com. That's P-U-R-A-V-I-D-A Bracelets.com. And check it out. When you use Sean's promo code, SeanLunt20, that's S-E-A-N-L-U-N-T-2-0, you'll get 20% off every purchase. So check it out, PuraVitaBracelets.com. You can look good, you can do some good. And hey, check it out, SeanLunt20, get 20% off of your order. Hey, let's get back to the show. But from there... I sent you a uh, an article that I've recently found is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one you sent me wasn't all that long. Uh, no, it was a one minute read over Facebook. But uh, it raised some questions because I'm I try to be a thinker and not take everything at face value. But anyway, you want to kind of get into what the article was about uh sure yeah so i sent an article that basically i I found on facebook for some reason it came up on my time on my page basically that because you'd be searching gay shit that's why (laughs) yeah so apparently this dude uh, uh the pastor down in atlanta uh basically told his church that his husband was pregnant, three months pregnant, and they had only been married for a month. And the article basically says that, you know, people got upset, started leaving the church. He lost 95% of his congregation. Uh, but majority of people said that they would come back after the dude had the baby. <laughs> and it was an interesting read, a one minute read, but, um, I started, I sent it to Jenna as well. And she was like, ah, I don't think this is a credible source. So I started looking it up some more and basically the same story had been posted on several different sites since 2013. And, uh, it was, it was, uh, determined to be a hoax. Fake news. Fake news. And I'm like, dude, you know what, dude? 
my my uncle went to school for journalism and he'd be having a fit about this conversation but I don't know dude it's kind of upsetting that you know I don't care that the dude married a dude and that a month ago and and his husband is three months pregnant that didn't bother me as much as um the fact that you've got so much fake news out there people just putting bullshit out there and um and it doesn't help anybody you know it doesn't really it it's like trolling you know you know like the people get out on twitter or facebook or instagram or whatever and they just start posting shit that they know that's not true and um just to get a response or get a reaction out of people and those are the lowest forms of communication as far as i'm concerned i'm all about having a conversation you know we may not agree on everything but proper and respectful discourse I think moves the society forward to be able to talk about things that are uncomfortable to talk about, like our podcast, right? We challenge things that are deemed to be serious. That's what I enjoy doing. And for something like this to, to be false, I, I almost want it to be real just so that we can have a legit conversation about it, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, first off, a few things that I questioned were, one, if they're gay and they're two guys, how are they having a kid? <laughs> I mean, two penises don't make a kid, and they both look like guys, so I'm not trying to judge, but I mean... I got to use my eyes at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then, yeah, just some of the stuff they were saying, just, it was a church of God. And dude, I used to be a part of the church of God. There ain't no way in hell. No church of God is going to put up with that bullshit. Oh no, of course not. I mean, it's just not a thing. 95% of the church left. Yeah. And you no longer have your credentials with the cog. <laughs> I guarantee <laughs> fucking to you that's what would have happened. Anyway, there's just stuff that was kind of like, I mean, yeah, oh, okay, ooh, it sounds interesting. How controversial, like church and gays and babies and, uh, you know, fidelity, ooh, you know. I don't know. I, I do think that... uh it is kind of fun because I don't really hold the uh, the man-made organizations of said church to a high standard because, honestly, we're all fucking people and we all fuck up and we all have our own agendas. And I believe that the church is a business, not a ministry. They can look and sound and do certain things to be a ministry, and sometimes they are. Yeah. But you're there to fucking make money and get a paycheck. Like, that's just what you're doing. So call it what it is. You know what I mean? Anyway, I say a lot to say. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny that they're like, someone's poking fun at like churches and shit. But yeah, I mean, what's, you know, it's not necessary. It's 
not needed, and it does nothing for anyone other than, I guess, me. That kind of makes me a little bit laugh, but it's just like I could have never read that article and been fine, you know? Yeah. I just yeah, don't know what me, the point I, of I'm it just, was. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I personally don't like the idea of, you know, a man having a baby with a man or a man saying that a man is pregnant because you only get two chromosomes, X and Y. That's it, right? Um, you either, you know, either male or female and whatever. If, if a dude wants to identify as a female, then fine. If a female wants to identify as a dude, then fine, whatever. But my first thought in reading it was just like, if you want my respect, then you're just going to have to be honest, you know? And that was my thing. It was like, okay, if you're a pastor and you're gay, you're pastoring a church and you're gay, then fine. Dude, do what you do. More power to you. I don't I, I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in, and I can't judge you uh, one way or the other. But I have my opinion that says, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have to be honest with yourself. And, 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 and frankly, hey, if, if you're going to preach, if you're going to be against homosexuality, or lesbianism or whatever, uh, sexual immorality, if you're going to be against it, then be against it. If you're going to be for it, be for it. But don't, don't fucking hide behind the cloth, dude. Don't hide behind your collar and, and act as if you're, you know, more holier than thou or, or high and mighty or pious that you're better than everyone else. Just be who you are. I, I think that in today's society, the the way that our culture is going, it's all about people trying to be their most truest selves. And that's what I respect. Be your most true self. Be true to yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be comfortable with what you're comfortable with. Be uncomfortable with what you're uncomfortable with. And let the chips fall where they may. And... um and if you're trying to lead people at the same time, then you better have a strong community driven vision. You better be helping out the homeless and helping out the disenfranchised. You better be the best in your community, showing Christ to everybody. If you want to get some respect, because if you're going to be sitting up there talking about my husband, I'm a man and my husband is, is pregnant. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't give me that bullshit, dude. And your pastor. And you're trying to lead a church. And obviously the, the article turned out to be false. But that being said, there's still pastors that are out there that are in the closet. And hiding behind their cloth and their piousness. Is that a word? Piousness? Piety. Piety, Piety. is the word. They're hiding behind their, you know, their piety. And it's like, dude, no, dude, you're not helping anybody if you're in the closet and not being true to who you are. You know, be true to who you are and still have a heart for people and and show your community the Jesus that you believe in. 
Because at the end of the day, I, I still honestly believe that that's what it's about. Like, if you're going to be in the four walls of the church and you're going to do this church thing, then you need to be the best place, safe haven or house of refuge for your community and be the place where people can come and be accepted and loved and come to find Jesus, the real Jesus, for who he is. And if you're not doing that, I don't care if you're gay, straight, bi, trans, uh, non-binary. I, I don't care what you are, dude. If you're not showing Jesus for real, everybody's got their hangups. But if you're not showing the real Jesus, then dude, you need to shut that shit down. That was my thought. Personally, yeah. that was my thought. Well, now that you're talking about that, I mean... <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, growing up in church and all that and having been taught, you know, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And Oh God. The worst. Sodom and Gomorrah ever. was destroyed because they were homosexual and they were given to lusts and Sure. Well, lusts isn't just translated to sexual. You can also lust after cars and yeah. whatever you know anyway <clears throat> it's not exactly how it was portrayed and taught to me as a child some of it was but anyway growing up you know the experience that i grew up in um you know i, I understand why people are like there's no room for gay there just isn't and it's a it's a sickness or it's a, you know, Satan is living in you and you need to get the demons out and, and all that shit. And the more I kind of studied the Bible and <clears throat> read and thought for myself and questioned and challenged stuff, like it's just a sin. That's that. And that's what the Bible says. I mean, right. Am I wrong? No, you're not right. You're not wrong. So as condemning as that probably sounds or can sound, I sin all the fucking time too. We all sin. Yeah. The pastor at your church who will preach to you on Sunday morning sins. Mother Teresa, who everything, you know, he everyone thought was his amazing angel, she sinned. <laughs> Like, we yeah. all sin. We all have fallen short of the glory of God because we live in sin. We're born into it. It's just, it's a part of us. And that's what I believe, and that's what the Bible teaches. Gayness, yep. like who you are attracted to slash are in love with, it's the same thing, right? And I'm not, I'm not trying to like come against gay people. I'm trying to come against all of us motherfuckers who live <laughs> like it doesn't matter. We can pick at shit about anyone. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I swear yeah. to you, your fucking pastor is not this saint sent from the Lord to be this clean sacrifice who will die for our sins because none of us can live up to it. No, nah, that happened. His name was Jesus Christ. We slaughtered him. 
He died. He rose again. That's what the Bible says, and it's what I believe. Everything or everyone else, <clears throat> like I always say, man, we're all fucking pieces of shit. Only reason why we're not is because of Christ dying for us, us accepting that faith, and Jesus seeing us through his son. Which might sound weird to you if you've never heard it, but that's how it is. That's what I believe. And if I'm wrong, I'm fucking wrong. But, like, my point is, who fucking cares if you're gay? Like, why are we focusing so hard on this gay thing? No. How many pastors are overweight? (laughs) You gluttonous, lack of self-control bitch. Like, fuck you. You deserve to go to hell. You know what? You better turn or burn, motherfucker. (laughs) you ain't taking care of your temple and you're a pastor (gasps) oh my god you're held to such like this authority in jesus and you're you know you should be you shouldn't be fat fucking lazy yeah i don't know you can nitpick about anyone i just don't i really don't understand anymore why the whole gay thing is still such a big issue And honestly, to be fair, and then I'll shut up, I do think it's changed a whole lot, even since I was a teenager. So, like, in the last 15 years, from my experience, I should say, like, in very recent amount of time, there's been, there's, there has been and still is being a shift in Christians and in quote unquote church, how it's done here in America. Like, there is a shift happening. And I think it's awesome not to be like, yeah, let's all be gay because I'm never going to be gay. It's just not my thing. But like, what the fuck's the big deal? Am I making sense? I feel like I'm rambling now. Yeah, no, you're making sense. It's, you know, my dad's always said, he's like, uh, well, I, I won't implicate you know, the things that he's said literally, but basically he's come down to like, you know what? Hey, we got gay people in our family. And at the end of the day, they're still our family. And so many words, you know, well, cause they are, so, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> okay. So I've told you my dad is hilarious. He's one of the funniest men I know. Yeah. He'll say, he'll say, I've got a, a niece named Sean and, uh, S-E-A-N or S-H-A-W-N or S-H-A-U-N. S-H-A-W-N. That's gay. I'm making up the name. He'll say, well, make it up right. He's like, I've got a niece named Sean and a nephew named Brooke. That's what he'll say. That's what, that's the way that he would put it. <clears throat> right. You know? Because you got, you know, gay men and, and lesbian females. I I guess I don't know. the political correct term is probably gay men and gay women. I don't know anymore. I don't know. So LGBTQ plus. Whatever. <coughs> um But his stance is like like he'll crack that joke, but at the end at the end of the day he'll still be saying but I love them. They're my family. And um, 
And that's the way that I think the Christian view should be is that, hey, I love them. Like they, they make their own choices. It doesn't matter what their choices are. I still love them because, you know, we're family or whatever the case may be. And I, and I think that, you know, it's an amazing thing to, to be able to give that kind of love to someone at, regardless of their choices and allow them to be who they are. And in the end, it's like the parable that Jesus spoke, the farmer. He said there was a good farmer. He, He was growing wheat. And while he was sleeping, his enemies came and sold tares. And the 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 farmer, he got up and he saw the wheat and the tares or the chaff and he said and and the laborers were like should we pull out all of these weeds all all of this wheat all of the tares and all of the chaff and the farmer said no let the wheat and the tares grow together and then when the reapers come they'll separate and the the the, the whole point of it was Jesus, when he looked at humanity, he he didn't look from a judgmental standpoint for where they are today. But he's like, you know what? Basically, let's let them live together and let's see what happens in the end. People change. People grow. People mature. People make different choices as they get older. And you got to let them live their life to decide what they want to do. And I, I'm a firm believer of that. You know, I, I don't, I don't judge anybody who chooses a certain lifestyle or who feels like they don't really have a choice. They just are who they are and they feel the way that they feel. And people say, okay, I was born this way. This is the way that I was born. And I don't disagree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're all born a certain way and we choose the way that we want to be the truth. We choose the way that we want to act and live. You know, we're adults. That's the one thing that's great about being an adult is that you get to choose your behavior. Um, but at the end of the day with the proper love and care, people grow up, to be secure, productive members of society who contribute good things. And so, like, I've got cousins that are gay. I've got cousins that are not, right? But I sit and talk to my cousins that are gay, and they are like, I'm not hurting for love. I'm getting all this love from my family. I know what love is. And because I know what love is, I'm able to give it out. And it's like, dude, I can't argue with that. You're right. You have been loved your entire life. You're not starving for love. You're not looking for it in the wrong places. You're looking for opportunities to give it. The same love that you've received, you're looking for opportunities to give it. And damn it, if 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 I knew a dozen Christians that did it that way, I would be happy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm with you, bro. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, 
But I, I guess back to the point, I, when you got trolls out there that are making up shit, you know, it's hard to freaking deal with them. But um, I don't know, man. I'm all for people doing what they want to do and, and living the way they want to live. And honestly, I think Jesus is too. Well, trolling think, or not, it's still a, the the controversy still lives. It does. I mean, that's why they're able to troll it is because it's an issue, you know. Yeah, but I think the church's job is not necessarily to judge people for their lifestyle choices, but to love them where they're at and show them Jesus. And like love is contagious, bro. It really is. Love is contagious. Like the two greatest commandments is what we're out to follow. 635 laws, you're not going to keep them. Nobody is. You're going to fail. And according to John, he's like, look, dude, if you fail at what po- at, at one point of the law, you're guilty of the whole thing. So we're all guilty. You know, Paul said there's none righteous, no, not one. Like we all fall short of the glory of God. Just like you were saying. And so if that really is the truth, then our job is not to judge people for where they're at or where they're falling because we're not looking in in the mirror. But we need to be surrounded by the mirror and say, you know what? Hey, look, I love you. You're on the other side of the mirror looking in your own mirror. I love you just the way you are. I need you to love me just the way I am. And, um, And in the end, you know, the wheat grows with the tares and we see where we fall. You know, nobody's, po' body's nerfic. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yep. Po' body's nerfic. I mean, I used to be, but then I was like, oh my God, all you guys... You're worshiping me. That's how it should be. So then I, I started not being perfect. But dude, how lonely is it to judge uh, everybody else and their imperfections? And then nobody is praising you for your perfection. How lonely of a life is that? Yeah. I mean, typically it happens in groups. So, And what I mean is I think you're saying like, like if it was a, if a pastor got up and you know judged this lifestyle or these people and then that group in the community of his four walls you know what i mean like there's a there's a there's the community there and you feel kind of empowered cuz you're like yeah preach that's what the word says yeah i don't know man it's just i guess i don't know really what more to say about it? I think I think it's again, and I grew up, you know, a lot of thinking that way of like, yeah, man, we need to minister to the gays because they are going to hell for sure. And it's like, yeah. man, that's like a sad. This what is a, very a sad, sad way to look? Yeah, like mindset of it's terrible Jesus and the gospel yeah. and God and Bible and like. Yeah. Faith. You know what I mean? Like, who the fuck am I, first off? Yeah. And honestly, like, who the fuck would say that to an impressionable child about the amazing 
word of God. Like, you're going to twist that shit? Right. I, I don't know. I guess we could go down that rabbit hole, which I don't really want to, but. No. <clears throat> My thing is, like, we all agree that this red sign with the letter stop on it means to stop, but not everybody stops. Right? And, Sometimes and you I can, don't. Late at night, fuck it. Ain't no one around. Yeah, so so you can judge the person for doing that. Or you can just let them be and realize that eventually, you know, they are going to stop. You can't judge a person for where they're at, you know, and, and let that be the stamp upon their lives. Because n- nobody's perfect, you know. We, there's something to be said about the potential of a person. And, uh, and 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 realizing that nobody's done being baked, you know. That sounds like a weed reference, but it's not. Yeah, that's where I went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like we're we're all still in the oven. We're all still being made. You know, we're all still. I, even Paul talked about beholding his face in brass. And in time, realizing that he was being transformed to the image of Christ. The fact is, is that we're all growing at our own pace. At least Christians are supposed to be. You know, being transformed daily into the image of Christ. Like we're all growing, we're all maturing, we're all getting to a better place than where we are. And... um and hopefully, whether you're gay or straight or not, it doesn't matter, or asexual, doesn't matter. Um, we're all still improving. Hopefully, we're all still improving. But I think that uh, dialogue is the key to making sure that we all, you know, get eventually get to that place of maturity. Yeah, you know, for sure. Of, of ultimate. <clears throat> As the Buddhists would say it's enlightenment. You know. I don't ever use that word enlightenment, but I believe it to be true. Like we're all, you know, through dialogue, through conversation, we're learning to increase in our knowledge and, and understanding of one another and acceptance of one another just as we are. And and I think that's the point. So, well, verbiage is always interesting because I don't know how many sermons I've sat in and heard the pastor say, but when God uh, mm, <laughs> reveals to you, uh, can I get an amen, brother? Amen. When he reveals his word and the meaning thereof. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Start you know shouting. That's the same yeah. fucking thing as you're enlightened. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just semantics, yeah. bro. It's verbiage. It is. It is. I I totally agree with you. I will definitely say that is a little more entertaining than, oh, come, be enlightened. But that's just me, bro. For sure. But you know, that just comes with teaching, you know? I mean. Man, now I want to listen to a good gospel song, though. I (laughs) I ain't even going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, some Karen Clark Sheard or uh, 
What's her name? Oh, God, what is her name? Old black lady, still alive. She's like almost 80 years old now. Um, There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I don't know. I ain't listened to some, you know, old school gospel in a really, really long time. But. I don't either, man. But it is fun when you do get it again. It's like getting going, going, going home to or going to some family's house for a good old fashioned home cooked meal. So, anyway, what about the Game of Thrones, though, bro? GOT, baby. You know, I'm gonna let you say your piece, and then I'm gonna follow up because you're gonna have. A very similar reaction to most of the population in the United States because I can just tell from all the social media networks, everyone's hating on the season finale, which before we get into it, let's just give a little spoiler alert. We're about to talk about the ending of Game of Thrones. So if you're not caught up and you have not seen it, you're going to have three seconds to just get out of this podcast. Yeah, I mean, Three 55 minutes in, you've listened to enough. Two Mississippi, one Mississippi. All right, everyone else, let's get into it. <laughs> Dude, I was so pissed off. I'm sitting there next to the wife, drinking a beer, and watching the last episode of Game of Thrones, and every sip, I wanted to take my beer and throw it right at the freaking television. God, that's so, so sexy. Were you sweating? I wasn't sweating, but I was just that like black fuming. bald head just beating down little balls of sweat. <laughs> oh my god! The weather's been pretty nice here in Michigan, so we've been uh, leaving the windows open and stuff like that. You know, we've well, been, been leaving good, the windows open. It's fucking ninety-one here. It feels like Florida. <laughs> Fuck you! It got up to eighty-five today. Oh, here in Michigan with so. your windows open it must be so hard. It was a heat wave, dude. It was a little bit uncomfortable. I might. Or may not have a little bit of swamp ass going. I'm just saying. Mm. Yeah. It's nice, nice earthy smell. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of potpourri in there. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I was so upset, dude. You know, just <laughs> side note. Side note. I don't think anyone could pay me. To smell your swamp ass. Do you have a number? If someone was like Michael, Sean has been sitting there sweating for at least an hour and has mad swamp ass slash schmegma. What would be the price for you to sniff it for like three seconds straight? Just a, a solid like... Do you have a price? I, I gotta say, I'd probably do it for a good hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> hundred dollars? You're kidding me! A hundred bucks? Uh, <laughs> but only because we're friends. Oh man! <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, I ain't that I mean, good if of a I could friend. get more, I'd get more, but I'd probably get talked down to a hundred bucks. You said a hundred bucks. That's what you led with. 
I know. I'm just saying. You have you know, no negotiating I... skills. You ain't going <laughs> down from a hundred, dude. I'm not a negotiator. I'm just saying, you know, if I said a million bucks, you'd say, oh, that's absurd. Would you do it for a half a million? And I'd say yes. Or would you do it for a hundred thousand? I'd say yes. Or would you do it for, you know, 50,000? Yeah. And you just keep talking me down like. Down to a hundred. A hundred bucks. Yeah. You'd negotiate for 30 minutes just getting down to a hundo. Yeah. But I mean, would I do it for less than a hundred? No, I I wouldn't do it. No, that's the lowest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd sniff it for a hundred bucks, I guess. Oh my god, <laughs> that doesn't make me gay. I didn't say anything about being gay. I'm just saying, you know, uh, nasty as hell, but it is nasty. But dude, I clean up dog poop damn near every day. I've smelled worse, trust me. Yeah, but sticking your nose in my sweaty ass? Come on, dude. I wouldn't stick my nose in your sweaty you ass. Have to, have to to smell it. What are you going to stand five feet away and sniff? Oh, hell no. That ain't in the contract, bro. Oh, well, the contract hasn't been presented officially. Anyway, that just pops That's in my gross. head. Why would you even think that? That's so... Because I'm a sinner. As I'm drinking Voodoo Ranger Jucifer. That's a dope can. And this is the last beer that I have in the house, by the way. Oh, good for you. Yeah. And I said that this is the last one I'll buy and I'll be done after this. Till next week. I'm not buying beer again, dude. I see hops on there. Is it a IPA? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Voodoo Ranger. Actually, it's a Belgian beer. Blah, blah. But, um... Anyway, seven, Game of Thrones, 7. 7. totally distracted you. Jucifer IPA. Okay, we're still there. Um, Do you want to give a website while you're at it? or Jucifer.com. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, yeah. So you were pissed. I, I was pissed. I felt like the ending was quite anticlimactic. And that um, I was fine with everybody that died or with, you know, I kind of felt like Khaleesi, the mother of dragons, she just went dark. She had that shit coming, bro. Yeah, but it, it like she turned dark in one episode. It was like there was for me, it was like no build up. It was like. She went from being super altruistic. Completely disagree. To being completely revengeful. Vengeful. Not revengeful. That's not a word. She she all of a sudden became vengeful. I understand destroying all of your enemies. But then you go from destroying your enemies to destroying an entire city of thousands of people. Including kids. And you did it for what? Because of vengeance. I just kind of like felt like there was no real build up to the darkness. I just kind of felt like it was like, oh, I'm a straight up hot, you know, 
uh, Dragon Queen. Dragon Queen to like it was like okay if you're gonna destroy a whole city with your dragon, why didn't you destroy all of the freaking Nightwalkers with your dragon? Because you're all flying around everywhere. <clears throat> you know you're all flying around everywhere and making sure Jon Snow, boring as Jon Snow is, is taken care of and and waiting on signals and shit. When you know that they're coming out of everywhere, all you got to do is just take care of them with the dragon, but you didn't. I just thought that it was kind of stupid, you know? That was just one point, but you disagree with me. Go ahead. You felt like she didn't just become dark overnight? No, I think it was subtle, honestly, from the beginning. Really? For her. Um, And it definitely grew... Over time, and you, could, I feel like you could see certain tells for it. I'm also not a writer, but just as a like storyteller that I try to be with my business that my wife and I have, I feel like some of it I could kind of see coming, even though I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. It was kind of like, oh, okay, well. She just wants to fucking rule everything, and she doesn't give a shit about anyone. Uh, I, I just, I don't think that it was like an over one or two episode thing. But that's just me, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do you want to keep going with why you're disappointed? or? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you go from there to... Uh, Cersei, who was sitting on an Iron Throne, and um, and Jaime Lannister, her brother, who she was screwing, which is weird all by itself. But you you had eight se- eight seasons of that relationship, so I won't go into it. But um, she died a death that I feel like she didn't deserve, personally. I would have loved to have seen Arya slit her throat. Honestly, I would have loved to have seen that. And I felt like they built up Arya to be such a badass. And then for her to just like kind of like retreat like a little girl. And in the end, it was just like you've ruined her character for me. Like you, you built her up. You showed that she had some maturity. Like she got her cherry popped by homeboy. And like it was like, okay, she's finally a woman. I get that. And then you go to her walking with the hound towards the castle. Like she's about to go in and kill this chick. It would have been great to see her have that. Have that last kill, if you will. But you never got a chance to see it. Her last kill was the Night King, which was very dramatic and appreciative. But uh, appreciate it. Were they showing her because she's a Stark? Were they depicting that she actually has a heart and cares about people? She's not just a heartless killer that we've been made to learn and really be fascinated with she can do that and fucking is that she's a ba but she also has a heart which 
the two queens that are, well, one was destroying everything and the other one was just being a selfish cunt and wouldn't surrender. They had no heart. They didn't care about anything except winning or losing. You know what I mean? I get that. I totally get that. It was still disappointing. My wife sure. just came in. Hi. Can you say hi? Let me see that baby pump. Mm, mm, mm. Microphone's right here. You can't hear you. Hi, Sean. What up, G? And baby Hines? You can't hear him. Put these on. We're, uh... Dang, she's in some, like, Komodo dragon thing. You thinking the bounce check out. This is her after shower robe. <laughs> Says you're looking like a Komodo dragon. <laughs> it's like uh, Diaries of a Geisha. Yeah, there we go. Not Komodo <laughs> dragon, a Geisha. That's what I meant. Her, her Geisha... Uh, her Geisha bathrobe that she puts on after she gets out the shower <laughs> you came down you might as well say something well, I was coming to see if you had cooled down and uh well. and what uh, say goodnight. okay Jenna tell us how disappointed yeah. you are with the finale of Game of Thrones you gotta talk in the microphone if you're gonna talk though now me being disappointed, the whole entire show is a disappointment. Oh, here we go. I went there. If you didn't look so go. hot right now, I'd be super pissed. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Uh, what did he say? Idiot. I said if you didn't look so hot right now, you little geisha, <laughs> Shut up. I'd be super pissed. <laughs> Memoirs of a geisha. Ooh, that's a new podcast idea right there. You guys seriously suck. Um, You guys suck. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we both got pretty, you know, uninterested, like, episode uh, or season three, four, when it was, like, all about Jon Snow. Really? Yeah, it was so boring for a while, for a couple of seasons. And it was like, oh, we're glad that we binged, you know, most of this and didn't see it like episode by episode. Because sure. we definitely would have lost interest a long time ago. But I feel like we were so invested, we just committed and we had to see it through at that point. We're committed individuals. I agree with that because Brooke and I binged. We actually, <laughs> this might show how lame we are, but we finished uh. like seven seasons in probably. Maybe two months. Maybe th- that's a lot. I mean, I don't know, what? but it was like Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones. It was like every other night, like two, maybe three episodes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how we were too. So it was, uh, yeah, I totally feel like okay. Well, You're I'm just already committed at that point. You might as well just see it through, right? <clears throat> yeah, but we weren't like seven seasons behind. You know, we were like two seasons behind when we started binging. I definitely feel like season eight was completely unnecessary and they, they just knew like, it's kind of like when, uh, you put in your two week notice at a job, but you're still going to finish the two weeks, but you really don't fucking work. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's kind of what, that. kinda what yeah. the last season to me felt like. Michael, what did you call the wheelchair? Bran. Bran, what did you call him though? The inconvenience, right? Yeah, he was just like, he was <laughs> an inconvenience the entire season. The entire series. <laughs> series. He was just the inconvenience. And then he got the Iron Throne in the end and Ooh, didn't even want alert. it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Well, we already did that. Okay. So he gets the Iron Throne in the end. He doesn't deserve it. He's not even close to even wanting it. And basically he he disappears at the end of the episode and allows the democracy to take place. And it was like, dude, this is not America. This is Westeros. Like, stop trying to make this a democracy and let the king reign. Yeah. The king or queen. And so for me, I'm like, I want to see a king or queen on the throne. I don't want to see democracy. I live in a shitty democracy. Don't you think that was the whole point of the big letdown? Because they got so much talk around the shitty ending. They got so much publicity around the shitty ending. I don't know what, why they would want it, but maybe it just cre- gave credibility to the writers. I don't know. Those writers suck and need to be fired. Well, well they're writing for the Star Wars. So, personally, FYI, some of the fired. hate I don't have because... What'd you say? Some of the, like, hating... the Some of the hating that people are doing out there sound like a fucking white nerd. They, um, what? I mean, if you think about it, like, they had to end it somehow. And how do you end it? Like, everyone's going to get along and there's going to be no more anything? Or do you leave kind of like, okay, well, Snow's going this way and doing whatever the fuck he's doing, repopulating, you know, the North and, like, <clears throat> that bitch is dead. The motherfuckers are dead. Like, there's got to be some type of thing that happens. So I get that, but I don't necessarily agree that it was entertaining and or answered any questions and just didn't line up with the whole fucking seven series prior to this one. You know what I mean? Then we agree. Like, why the hell does Cripple Boy get the fucking thing when, like, Snow is the rightful heir and now that the dragon bitch is dead, like, why is this even a thing? You know what I mean? I would have loved to see a woman on the throne, like Arya. That would have been sweet. Like, but and this is another thing though that I have an issue with is, what was the whole point of the hidden face, the face of gods? What did that? What did that storyline for Arya? How did that? It did nothing for her in the end. That was just a random storyline that took her character through seasons. <laughs> it didn't connect for me. It didn't connect. Yeah. In the end. Like, what was the point of that? I don't know. Well, I feel like... Stuff like that throughout. I feel like each character has that same question. Like, what was the point of all of that? (laughs) For it to end that way. And for it to have eight seasons? Yeah. They could have cut it down, I feel like. But, But, here's my other thing. I really enjoyed... I won't say every episode, but most episodes of the seven seasons. Like I thought it was I thought it was great. It's because of the boobies. It's not just because of the boobies or the sh- the swinging cocks. 
Because there are several of those as well. And let me tell you, Holdor has a fucking tank hanging from his crotch, bro. Like, I don't know if you saw that shit, but Jesus. (laughs) Thor? Hodor. Oh, Holdor. What are you talking about? I thought you said Thor. No. Thor? I was about to say Thor's not on Game of Thrones. (laughs) But you said Holdor. Holdor had a mean cock. All right. That's where I'm going to exit. All right. <laughs> you guys have fun. Have a great night. We can talk about boobs and that's okay, but we start nope. talking about I, penis I and that's wrong. Not to. I would prefer not to talk about boobs or swinging cocks. Well, we don't have to. Robe. So on that note, <laughs> good night. The night of a geisha. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Bye, Sean. Good night, geisha. Bye. Good night, my geisha. (laughs) Shut up. Oh, so, so yeah. Okay, so (laughs) Holdor, God bless Holdor. He blessed him. So, I, um, I was looking at Twitter and all the memes that they had out there for, uh, for, Game of Thrones, the final ending, final episode. And my favorite one was the one where they showed a guy in a wheelchair being thrown through a window. And the caption was like, this is Bran coming to save the kingdom. I sent that one to you and Brooke. (laughs) Did you? I don't remember it. Yeah. So for me, it was just like, okay, I'm fine with uh, the mother of dragons dying. But then the dragon picks up her body and flies away to some undetermined land. And it's like, where the hell is he going? Well, that's the thing I I get, but I also hate. Because unless you're going to keep the series going, or it's going to be even cheesier than it was, like, you have to leave shit just going in a direction that's unanswered. Honestly, that's the part of me where I feel like that's the better decision as a writer than to just be like, yep, here's what happened with all of them. They live happily ever after. Cause you'd be like, what? Yeah. We just watched wars and beheadings and fucking what's his name? Ripping a tongue out of the dude's throat with his bare fucking hands. And like all this titties and sex and drama and like, love and lust and anger and war and then everyone just is happy that would have been like fuck you and they would have got ridiculed for that so it's like you know i feel like you're gonna end something that's one such a big part of people's life as entertainment because we're americans i don't know i have a little bit of grace for them but i also am like what the fuck man (laughs) yeah it was extremely disappointing for me. And um I just cherish the moments of watching the seasons that I did enjoy because they were they were great, man. I'm still mad that Jason Momoa didn't last past the second season. So that was stupid to me. Um but that has no bearing on the last season. So so she dies. 
She gets super dark in the end. Sansa becomes the queen of the north. Ari sails to find out what's west of Westeros. Um, Jon Snow goes to the north. Gets sentenced to the Night's Watch, which doesn't exist. And then goes beyond the wall. Way up into the north to be with the free folk. And um, it was just extremely anticlimactic. So, <coughs> Peter Drinklich, um, still being the hand of the king, in the end, you still had a Lannister in power. And it was like, yeah, okay, fine. I guess this is where we're going to leave it. And it was a waste of an hour and a half. So. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, everyone mostly agrees with you. And I don't discount what you're saying. I get it, man. <clears throat> yeah. But I had to end somehow, and they fucking, they they ended it. No matter how they end, we're going to end it. People are going to hate on it. That's just what I think. And uh, it's over. It's over. Now I'm going to move on to, uh, I want to see the new show and it's not new, but I think it's called frontier. That's Jason Momoa's new show. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So he left game of Thrones and went to frontier or some other show that was like set in this kind of same time frame, barbarians and stuff. And, uh, so I want to see that. But then I'm told that Breaking Bad is supposed to be the the main HBO show that's supposed to be pretty badass. And and so most of the people that I saw was like, you know what? We thought that Game of Thrones was going to replace Breaking Bad as the best show. But we're going back to Breaking Bad saying Breaking Bad is the best show out there. Best series out there. So... Breaking Bad beats Game of Thrones and also beats uh, what's the show? Night of the Living Dead, Night Dead, Dead Night, The Walking Dead. Walking Dead. There you go. That's AMC though. Oh uh, well. <clears throat> That's Another also a show you love so. to hate. There's some really shitty seasons. I believe it. And just the whole monster thing, you know, living dead thing just doesn't doesn't do it for me. So I'm not entertained by it. I personally like The Walking Dead because of the relationship they write in to the series with the uh, they call them walkers, but the zombies. Yeah, I personally think they do a good job. And really? Oh, yeah. I definitely like that show. I haven't kept up on the last season, but it's because we've been binging GOT. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I like The Walking Dead. <clears throat> hmm. There's also comic books that go along with it. And really? There's a show called um, Talking The Walking Dead or talking something about that, and they talk about the show after the show. And they, you know, have like writers on and actors and 
comic book people and they're like talk about how it relates to the comics and how they veer from the comics and it's kind of fun so okay yeah Talking not my thing Dead, that's what it's called okay not my thing but um but yeah so I've, I've got a couple shows in mind that i want to get to i was also told that westworld is uh supposed to be really really good as well so i think i'm going to take a break from television for a while um because NBA playoffs are on, and I gotta watch that. Uh, but other than that, I think I'm done, bro. Until uh, till the end of the summer. At this point, it's um, it's outside weather. It's time to sit by the bonfire and just hang out and have a good time. Word. So. Well, I'm done with this podcast because I gotta pee like a mug. I'm surprisingly surprisingly doing good. Well, that's good for you. I'm doing a pee-pee dance over here. All right. I'm trying to hide it, but. All right, cool. All right, let's end it. It's been long enough. Yeah, bro. Catch you on the flip side. Yeah, peace. Peace. Hey, everybody. It's Laurel, the self-appointed fan club president. You can visit Unchurched Podcast at unchurchedpodcast.wordpress.com or at Unchurched Pod on Twitter and Instagram. See you there.